Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to Church Boy Confessions. I'm your host, Emmanuel Heke. It's Monday, April 27th, 2020. Um, and yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I'm really excited about this message today um, because it's a message that I need and that I am currently exercising in my life today. Most messages are, but you know, I don't know. I really like this one. Um, and I'm just going to get right to it. You know, like I think most of this, uh, most of this conversation is going to just be like me talking as opposed to like reading the word, because I have two places in the word that I want to touch on, but they're more of like stories rather than they are like actual things Jesus said, or like actual, like drawing a lesson from reading it. So like, I'm just going to skip reading it. And I'm just going to talk about these two stories. Um, it's really hot in this room. So please bear with me. I'm actually trying to stay hydrated, please. So pray for me. Um, so I want to talk about pacing yourself. It's something I talked about briefly on a previous episode. I think it was like two episodes ago. Um, but I really want to unpack it some more just because I feel like God has revealed um, more things to me about this topic. Um, so basically, I'm I'm sitting down and I'm trying to I, I take time to reflect. I take time to figure out why I feel certain ways. And that day I was feeling really bad. I was feeling very overwhelmed. Um, and it was something I was feeling like for a while. Um, just when it came to a lot of the things that I wanted to do. I mean, finding a job or really just unassociated this almost always unassociated. Um, and I thought to myself and I was like, you know, if I'm really sure that God can do great things like through this company and, you know, my future is in his hands and everything's going to work out, then like, why do I like worry like this? You know what I'm saying? Like if I really have faith in God and I feel like I do have faith in God, why do I continue to be so worrisome and be so anxious and be so fearful and feel so overwhelmed and act as if like God's not there with me? Um, and thankfully I got an answer, you know, I'm asking God all these questions and I got an answer and it was really came in the form of a question where it's just like, you know, is it you? And when I say that, it's like, I realize that I'm scared. I'm not scared about because I don't believe in God really. I haven't been scared or fearful or anxious because I don't believe that God's been hearing my prayers, that God's going to answer my prayers, whatever it might be. Um, I feel like God has made me a promise and he's made like, you know, he, he's asked me to do different things in this world. Um, but my anxiety has stemmed from me thinking that I'm going to mess it up, that I'm going to be the one that screws everything up. And for a number of reasons, it could be because I feel like I'm not working hard enough um, or it can be because um, I feel like I'm not qualified enough, whatever it might be. I just felt like God has given me a promise and it's going to be great. Everything can be cool. But of course, I just don't need to mess it up. So you can imagine I put all this pressure on myself. Don't mess up. Don't mess up. Don't mess up. God has given you an opportunity. God's given you these things. God's given you um, all these different tools to be to, to use. Don't mess it up, Emmanuel. Um, and I think that ultimately, um, you know, sometimes that could be motivation. Like, Hey, just don't mess up. God's giving you all this stuff. Now it's just on you to work hard and all different stuff. Sometimes that could be really good motivation, but at the same time, it causes what it did for me. And it could be for you, or maybe this is not about you or not for you, but this is a message to those people who, because they hear those messages, um, it, it doesn't necessarily, um, translate to motivation, but it translates to just unneeded pressure in your life. 
Um, and that is what it translated to me. So much so that I was starting to do everything at 100 miles an hour. Everything I did needed to be done quickly. Everything I needed to be done uh, needed to be done when I wanted it, how I wanted it, and there was no room for any type of mistake or detour or lagging, whatever it might be. I was moving at 100 miles an hour, and trust me, I mean, I'll be putting together. Maybe I'm editing a video of the Church Boy Confessions to put it on YouTube, and then I get the video on YouTube, and, or I'm I'm putting the video in like Adobe and everything, and it just starts to lag, and I get so frustrated. I'm like, bro, why is this happening? Or I'm doing anything, anything that requires some type of patience, anything that requires some type of just acknowledging that you know. I have to maybe slow down and not move at 100 miles per hour. It just made me so frustrated and wrathful. Um, and ultimately, I feel like every time, like there would be those times where I'm trying to move 100 miles an hour and now I'm just gassed. I'm, I'm tired and I'm worn out. And then I feel very overwhelmed because just because I feel worn out doesn't mean that the pressure and those voices and the anxiety just starts to wear off. Like now I'm just tired and unable to run as fast as I can. And that pressure is still talking to me. So I want to talk to the people who might share the my experience in that. Those people who are being stalked by anxiety, stalked by feeling like they're not working hard enough and that they are the ones that are possibly going to foil God's plans in their lives because they're not working hard um i think that think of it as like boxing i think i mean damn near in every boxing movie like somehow at the end the client or the resolution is when you know the two boxers are going at it and one of the boxers are just going 100 miles an hour um and are exerting all of their energy into beating up the other guy and the other guy's just going with it rolling with it and pacing himself right? Until the other guy gets tired and worn out and then he comes back in the last round and knocks him out. I mean, that's how almost every boxing movie ends. But there's a lot of lessons that you can gain from that. Really, the lesson here is about pacing yourself. You talk about a marathon runner because life is a marathon. Life isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. Talk about a marathon runner. There's marathon runners. Nobody's just running their fastest the entire time because then they're going to get really tired. They have to actually pace themselves throughout the time. And you're going to see once they see the finish line, maybe they start to pick up the pace a little bit when, once it gets a little closer. Or maybe once it's an incline, they switch up their strategy to how they run. They got to tuck their knees closer to their chest every time they take a step. Whatever it might be, you pace yourself at different times in life because you're not so much working you're not so much working um just to work but you're working towards a prize you do what's required in order for you to get the prize um but i noticed that when i was running 100 miles an hour it's not so much that i was chasing after the prize doing what needed to be done in order to get the prize I wasn't chasing after the prize. I was running away from anxiety. And that's what the problem was. I was not chasing after the prize. I was running from the anxiety. I was running. So maybe I thought that I was chasing after the prize and I was doing what I needed to do in order to get what needed to be done but in actuality, the only reason why I was working, or maybe not the only reason why I was working, because it could, it could be a mixture of uh, both, but the only reason why, the main reason why I was working was because I just didn't want the anxiety to win, and I didn't want um, to feel a certain way, like I wasn't working hard enough, so then I'd work hard. 
But I think that is a real big problem with that. Um, I feel like it causes you to really be hard on yourself. Um, and, and, and it just exerts so much pressure on you. And it's just pressure that doesn't need to be there. And I mean, the pressure could be from you. It could be, you know, your vision of what you feel like you need to do. The anxiety could really just be coming from you. Maybe you're a perfectionist, whatever it might be. Um, or maybe it's rise and grind Twitter because that exists. Maybe it's somewhere in social media. You see all these people get up, let's do this, let's do that. And it's like, yeah, that's great. And it motivates a lot of people. And I think it's really good. And sometimes I'm that person that's, you know, in rising grind Twitter, but at the same time, like if that's not for you, then don't listen to the message. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to pace yourself. Not every day you have to go 100 miles an hour. Sometimes we go 100 miles an uh, 100 miles an hour because we're comparing ourselves to other people. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, like he's doing this. Oh, that means I got to work hard. And mind you, there's good sides to this where it's like, oh, okay, that's motivating me to do more. But then I think that all this pressure becomes bad because when it starts to dictate how you make decisions you're in a you're in a different game. I feel like you're in a different game. I feel like that's the problem. The problem happens when you allow the pressure in life, the anxiety in life, the fear in life, the comparison in life to fuel your decisions, to dictate the decisions that you make. Um like I said, there's an upside to the anxiety. There's an upside to fear. You know what I'm saying? And I don't really I don't really believe that fear and anxiety can be good, but I feel like God can use bad things like fear and anxiety to help us sometimes. Um, but at the same time, when it starts to impact your strategy to get to the prize, you have to slow down and you have to readjust your mindset. So this is where I go and I talk about these two stories that I that I mentioned earlier. In one story you have, the first story I have is the story of Esau. This is a person that allowed the pressure or whatever it might be that wasn't the prize to influence his decision making. This is in Genesis chapter 25, verse 27 to 34. I advise you to read it so you can have context. Um, but you have Jacob and Esau, the two brothers, um, and they are the sons of a man named Isaac. Isaac is in the lineage of Abraham. Um, Isaac is the son of Abraham and the lineage of Abraham that, you know, that from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, that is so powerful. It's what you wanted to be in. Um, through that lineage came the promises of God to the children of Israel and all that different stuff. So it was really big deal for um, whoever was coming after Isaac to have that birthright and continue on that lineage. We talk about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but before Esau made the decision that I'm about to talk about, it was supposed to be Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. But let me let me uh, backtrack a little bit. So you have Esau and Jacob. Um, they're two brothers, and they're the sons of Isaac. Um, and basically, Isaac, at the end of his you know life, he's going to bless one of them in order to carry on the lineage. Um, and through this lineage was God's promises um, to Abraham and to the children of Israel. Um, but it came a day where I, Esau was in the field and he was hunting and doing all these different things. And he came came to Jacob, who was cooking some pottage or meat, whatever it might be. Um, and he was really tired and he said, Jacob, can I have something to eat? Um, and Jacob said, you know, Jacob was a trickster. He said, you know what? I'll give you something to eat only if you give me your birthright. 
Um, if you're wondering what a birthright is, I looked it up. Um, the definition is a particular right or possession of privilege um, one has from birth, especially as an eldest child. Um, if you, I mean, if you're in an immigrant household, you know, you probably know what a birthright is. That makes a lot of sense. But the idea is that the birthright is basically the eldest child's rights to the inheritance that's coming from the father. So the inheritance, the blessings, Isaac was supposed to bless Esau with all these, all the things that Isaac had and the promises of God was supposed to follow through Esau's lineage through the family and his son and son, his son's son and all that different stuff. Um, but when Esau, um, what Esau did was that he was so hungry. He said, well, my birthright is not something that I can eat right now. Fine. I'll sell you my birthright and give me something to eat. And he was full. He ate right there, but he allowed his hunger to make the decisions for him and gave away his birthright. And let me tell you that that birthright was much more valuable than the meat that he had to eat at that point. Ultimately, he lost out on being one of that big three, Abraham, Isaac and Esau. It became Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He missed out on allowing the lineage, the promises of God to go through him. Let's talk about Saul, another example of somebody who allowed the pressures to make the decision for him. Saul was the first person that God chose to be the anointed king over the children of Israel after the children of Israel asked God for a king. Um, But there was a particular moment when God told Saul, hey, go to this land, conquer these people, destroy everything, take no captives, no hostages, do that. Saul said, okay. He went there and they took over the land, but the problem is They weren't supposed to take any of the gold. They weren't supposed to take any of the riches and the pottery, whatever it might be, but they did. And they also kept the king alive and took him captive, which they did. And he was just completely disobedient to God. And because of that, God removed his anointing. And the the reasoning that Saul gave as to why he disobeyed God was in 1 Samuel Samuel chapter 15, verse 24. And he said, basically, because he was scared of the people and their voice. And he cracked under pressure. The pressure he received from the people he was, you know, the people he was governing is what caused him to make the decision to disobey God. Two examples in the Bible where pressure causes us to make the wrong decisions. We can't allow that to happen in our lives. Are you running? You're running, but are you? chasing after the prize or are you running away from anxiety you you have to understand the difference you have to understand the difference you can't allow it to make the um decisions in your life you can't like we we get this notion that oh man if i'm always doing 100 going you know 100 percent um, not 100%. If I'm always moving at 100 miles per hour, then I'm doing my best. But that's not the same thing. Moving 100 miles per hour all the time is not the same thing as doing your 100% best all the time. It's not the same thing. Moving 100 miles per hour, you're, you, you don't have time to strategize. You don't, when you're running away from anxiety, you don't have time to strategize. 
when you're chasing after something, you have to have a strategy. When you're chasing after a prize, you have to have a strategy. And when you work, you're going to do what you have to do. You're going to do your 100% best at the things that you need to do when you need to do it. And I love to paint this analogy of chasing versus running because think about it. When you're running away from something, you can't pace yourself because you don't control the pace. When you're running away from anxiety, you are allowing anxiety to set the pace of your life because you're running away from it. But when you're chasing after a prize, that's when you can be strategic. That's when you can be more rational. Okay, at this moment, I'm going to go this fast at this. I'm going to save my energy. So then when I get this opportunity, I'm going to cut them off and I'm going to get that strategy. You can't do that if you're running away from something. You can only do that when you're chasing something, when you're when you're pressing towards something that's ahead of you. I think that ultimately we have to be intentional about being rational. Slow down. When you're fueled with all of this fear and anxiety, it's causing you to go faster than you need to go. It's causing your mind to move faster than you need to go. And you get worn out. Slow down. Pause. Maybe you need to take a day off. Maybe you need to take a day off and you need to just, hey, you know, I'm going to take this day to plan out my strategy. You know, maybe I'll write a line by line plan of strategy on how I'm going to do the A, B and C um, in order to get me to the point where I can start to do D. Like that's strategy. That's that's just as important, if not the most important thing that you could do. Just as important as running, just as important of actually acting. You have to have those times to strategize. Think about how much effort needs to be put in at every moment of your life. And not not so much effort because like like I said, doing a hundred you can be still be doing your hundred percent best and not moving hundred miles per hour, but you gotta just think about what needs to be prioritized, what what needs to be done and when it needs to be done. Have some strategy. And another thing I would say is trust God. Because a lot of times that anxiety comes from just not trusting. Like I said, I mean I'm talking about how, you know, I'm scared that I'm going to be the one that messes up what God has for me. But when I doubt myself, I'm doubting God because I'm God's choice. And if I'm relying on God at every given moment, then I'm not going to make the wrong choice. If I'm acknowledging him before I make every choice, then how can I make the wrong choice? Be intentional about being rational. Don't allow the anxiety, the fear and all the pressure in life to make the decisions for you. You don't have to move 100 miles per hour in order to be doing your 100% best. You could be doing 100% best and moving 50 miles an hour. Don't get caught up in rising grind Twitter. Don't get caught up in the uh, comparison. Don't get caught up in the maybe your parents are telling you you need to do this, whatever it might be. You know what pace that you need to set for yourself in order to get to your goals. So follow that. And if you don't have that pace, you don't have that strategy, take the time to actually come up with it. Very short, very sweet, very straight to the point this episode was, I think. And I hope that it really helps you because a lot of us, I think even now we have this anxiety like we're not doing enough because we may be sitting around at home during this quarantine thing. And I get it. I get it. We could be doing more sometimes. But yo. Remember the things that you've done. Don't forget the small victories because, you know, those are very important. 
you'll be surprised how much you've actually accomplished, but you're just too busy running away from the anxiety to even realize, you know, all the obstacles that you've already jumped over, the hurdles you jumped over. So see, we're sticking with the uh with the running with the running analogy. Um, so yeah, you see two examples in the Bible, Esau, Saul, people who allowed the pressure to make the decisions and it didn't turn out well for them. Don't be like them. With that being said, let's go into our confessions. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for the opportunity that you've given me to get behind this mic and um, just translate your words to, you, to the people that are listening, Father God, people that are watching. Um, I pray you please help us, Father God, to not be like Esau, to not be like Saul, um, and make the decisions, Father God, that we need to make, Lord, not based in pressure, Lord. Uh, we'll make the decisions um, that need to be that need to be made uh, when it needs to be made, God. Uh, we do not allow the fear and the pressure to eat us up and to tell us what to do. We do what you tell us to do, and that's that. Um, we will have a wonderful week, God. We're going to have a week of pacing ourselves, a week of slowing down and strategizing um, and sticking to protocol when we need to stick to protocol. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, hope you have a wonderful week. Um, pace yourself every day. I'm talking, man, even if you got to slow, literally physically slow, slow how fast you walk. Slow how fast you think. Let's do it. Let's do it and let's see what happens. All right. Love y'all. Peace.